0: I'm over who gets the tastiest pastries this evening. Welcome to Handle Pod. a very peaceful debate, um, I touched one of them whilst moving my way to one that I wanted, and now English Dan wants it, and Australian Dunn says it's mine, and I'm inclined to agree with Australian Dunn. Um, so we'll see, they're, they're both here, say hello gentlemen. Hello gentlemen. Hi, hello. Uh, we're, we're at English Dunn's um, this evening in, in the wonderful Buenos Aires Barrio of Cabasito, uh, where we started recording HounderPod. The zombie, as a result, may pop in at some point to say hello, the Hunter Pod Dog. Uh, for those of you who are newer listeners, it'll be a first introduction, possibly. Um, we've got a fair bit to get through this weekend guys a re- relatively boring set of results for most of the Primera weekend but lit up by two five goal thrillers which both did an awful lot in the relegation race so I think we'd probably start with those um, on Friday evening San Martín and Olimpo played what looked in advance like the least attractive of all of the matches that they were going to be um, Olimpo looked like giving themselves once more one more week in the Primera without getting relegated before their inevitable relegation at some point in the next couple of weeks, anyway. Um, or two more weeks, in fact, because we've got the international break this weekend, as we will mention later on. Um,
1: and how and are the games? they were. I'll go just to interrupt very rudely for a second. Is it just two weeks, or. Because I know there's also games for Argentina on the 9th of June.
0: Yeah, but that's only a friendly. Uh, which, so be, which means that the, so the league Will be re- signed. The league is played on, on that weekend Yeah and uh, I I suspect That they'll That the, the uh, Domestic base players Who have been called up For the World Cup Qualifier yes. squad Are going to be Swapped with other Domestic base players For the Brazil friendly In New Jersey Because Um well, some of the ones who had called up for the qualifiers are involved in the title race, and I don't think that'll be allowed. No, and sp- certainly not. the list of players that I've seen through my press connections for the Brazil match is different uh, than domestic players. Um, anyway, Olimpo were 2 up with 15 minutes to play and looking comfortable uh, for another Very couple of weeks yeah. in, in the Very Primera. And then they displayed exactly why they've been so terrible this season by... Proceeding to concede three goals in the space of 12 or 13 minutes, if that.
1: I think the, uh, winner, came the winner came in 92nd selfish,
0: right? minute, 93rd minute, yeah. So so 17 minutes, let's say. Um, and San Martín, they sound the final 1 3 2. The winner was a penalty. Uh, totally correctly given. Um, and Olimpo as a result
1: a down. Uh, yes. That's sad, isn't it, guys? I was kind oh, of devastated, yeah. yeah. But no, it was, it was good to see San Martín because I was watching that game on Friday night and they looked absolutely down and out I think the first half they were you know absolutely pitiful didn't show anything going forward you know in front of their own fans but definitely something you know they really just needed the win because I think if they hadn't have won that or if indeed they'd have lost that they would be in automatic relegation along with Olimpo albeit not in such a desperate position but those three points now are a massive massive boost for them kind of going forward I think they're still in promotion, the playoffs at the moment. But level with Rafaela, I'm sure the result we'll get onto a bit later. So no, I mean, it was a real kind of six-pointer for them, you know, win and they're looking at getting out of relegation altogether. Losing, they were right, battling it, automatic, the automatic drop. So yeah, you can't really underestimate how important them points were. Mm.
2: Would you like to say A few words about The, the demise of Olimpo Dan And give us some of the, the, the happy moments That they had in their Two years in the, in the Primera
1: You, you may laugh Dan But no There was a couple of A couple of interesting Moments for uh, For Olimpo Especially in Not so much In the year we just seen But definitely in their <coughs> Debut year I think They surprised a lot of people Obviously we should remember They They came up to Primera As champions In a, in a year with uh, Quilmes And All the boys That also went up And no, I think The first year They were quite a nice team to watch They had uh, Martino Rolle, Who won himself a lot But mares I'm guessing He'll now be looking to Yeah, I was going to say I think that's one later. of the most Interesting yeah. things about their relegation Is that he will he should go
2: somewhere um, Perhaps to one of the bigger clubs Because uh, he, yeah, he's, he's yeah. always been good No matter what, what doing
1: He's one of the better Playmakers in the league I think. Yeah And also I think In the first year He's now at Cerro Porteño I think uh, Ralph Hanna can feel free To correct me But um, the Paraguayan Freddy Barago, who had a, a very good year in 2010-2011, uh, I think. Yeah, like in the end, they had a, a pretty poor Apertura campaign and not enough changed going forward into 2012. So, yeah, and they ended up getting relegated and relegated pretty comfortably. So, their, their
0: debut season in the league also, um, they played their part in helping R- River Plate towards the second division because course, yeah. at the very last um, weekend of the 20 20- 10 yes yeah. 2010 Apertura to um they they beat River 4-0 I think it was 4-0 or
1: 4-1 I
0: think 4-1 it was I think yeah think it, no I think it was 4-0 actually oh, okay. um so yeah they uh, they did do that so they did have some high points I, yeah. have, I have a feeling they got a point against Bocca or something as well at some point in the Apertura I think I might they be misremembering well mis- that but then Boca weren't very good at that moment. point so it's yeah, yeah. possible um and so on yeah so goodbye Olimpo for now uh, we'll miss you we've got you for another few weeks of course um, and on to the other 3-2 which affected the, the relegation race on Sunday I think we, this is the point where we should probably mention the Rafaela result The English Downs already mentioned as well um, Rafaela as we said last week were playing Tigre at home um, it was a match that Tigre would have regardless of any other results if Tigre had won they would have finished outside Everything they wouldn't have been in the relegation playoff places or automatic relegation or whatever, they'd have finished safe. No, we're no, no, one no one because one. They, they, they were a point that's clearer. True, center, yeah. um, as it was, they were held to a 1 1 draw, or rather, they held Rafaela because Tigre were the, the team to equalise. Um, to a 1-1 draw Which combined with Another match Which was taking place Almost simultaneously Which kicked off uh, Which kicked off And therefore finished 15 minutes later
1: I believe it was supposed To uh, kick off simultaneously I'm guessing because Of the relegation fight But there was Some problems Getting the crowd in So they was uh-huh. delayed For 15 minutes
0: Okay um, And yeah That, that was San Lorenzo Versus Newells um, Anybody with a brain Looking at that one Before the match Would have said It was an easy Newells win Newells are uh, top of the table Well second and, uh, Joint second one of the best um, sides in the league, a very impressive away form going into it as well. And San Lorenzo were desperate and started the weekend in the automatic relegation spots. Um, Newell's took a 2 0 lead about six or seven minutes after half time. No, they were 2 0 up at no, half time. Right yeah. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Olimpo's lead that was taken five or six minutes after half time in the other match. Um, and then, uh, what happened? Which of you saw
1: more? It was, all, I mean, it was a dance of the ginger kid, really. No. <laughs> there's no other way we can explain this. We should say, kind of, the result was that uh, two goals from Emmanuel Gigliotti and one from the Uruguayan striker Carlos Bueno who lived up to his name for once, uh, helped San Lorenzo grab um, a three-two victory after coming back from two-nil down. But I think apart from that, and I know this would be a great surprise for. Uh, Dan as well our next Ferro boy Buffarini has been getting all sorts of plaudits for his part in the victory but I think most um, Argentine media sources are pretty unanimous on the fact that a a ginger-haired bull boy was the real inspiration behind I don't know I going to let Australian cool. damn explain this one because we were having a bit of a discussion about it with him on Twitter yesterday.
0: yeah well so in Argentina
2: um, I'll be careful to say that not everyone believes this but a lot of people consider you
1: saying like the traditional
2: yeah sort of like a traditional uh, mythology that gingers are, are bad luck or perhaps like they can jinx you kind of thing or not to be trusted so uh, some people for example when they see a ginger on the street they'll, a man will touch his one of his testicles his testes, I should say. Um, and a, and a woman will touch her breast to, in order to like ward off the bad luck of the ginger. Um, so supposedly, and I think, uh, I think it's sort of been confirmed, even though Caruso Lombardi denied it. But uh, they, that San Lorenzo have this ginger ball boy, and uh, apparently he was sent behind Neil's goal yeah. to kind of jinx uh, Parata, the, the Neil's goalkeeper.
1: Now I've been reading I was reading Ole of course, tracked him down for an interview today. And <laughs> apparently he's been doing it for the for the last couple of <clears throat> home games. So yep. I think against Cruz was one and the other was against possibly Olimpo so And what have the results been in though? I think there was two victories. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. he sort of has to like
1: touch the post or something and, and kind, kind of shake it. hands with the <laughs> yeah, shake hands with the opposition keeper, all kinda of. but I think the lad seems really nice actually, you know, he takes it as a bit of funny you knows like I think kind of like redhead people, all the has been getting crap for it all his life. So he's, he he's very, pretty very, fresh about it. Very yeah. very ginger this kid. He's yeah. very very ginger. Yeah.
2: But yeah, like Koto on Buddy was kind of in, well. He acted insulted during the week when the media kept banging on about it, and he was saying, "Well, you know, you should give credit to the team because they." And, and it is true.
1: He wants credit. For <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. But, but at the same time, so. he did
2: lie about. It. Like, he did actually send this kid as a as a more fun, as a bad luck. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we, yeah, the game was extraordinary, as, as Sam was saying, because you know you, you've got the, the team playing pretty well. Like um, Newell's, I think, didn't play at their at their best until they were they were two 0 up, uh, and then you started. Like I think it was it was pretty cagey to start with, and and like sort of chances at both ends. Uh, nobody looked really comfortable, and then Newell scored sort of two goals, um, sort of by the by, and then after that you started to see some of their really nice sort of possession football. Uh, as we've seen from uh, Martino.
1: Sorry Sam, I don't care if you touch it, I'm going for this base trick. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: I'm sure move uh, and then, yeah and then San Lorenzo was still making chances but uh, nobody, oh, well I didn't expect him to come back at least and even to, to draw the game but then they not only did they draw it, they went ahead and Gigliotti actually he scored two goals and um, but he actually missed about five sitters as well. Like he could have had up many more. And as Dan said Bufferini was absolutely unbelievable. We've praised him a couple of times on here before, but he's he's just been a revelation. He was he was responsible for most of the the chances for Gigliotti. Um,
0: Sorry, uh, I've not. There's an advert on television featuring Martin Palermo being optimistic about things. Not not seen it before. It's, it's superb. Yeah, <laughs> they just can't kind of get enough of Palermo.
2: Um, no, even the um, Buffarini, who I once claimed was a redhead as well, but apparently I was I was told on Twitter he's actually a strawberry blonde
1: he's mm, pretty blonde you know in the right light he could look a little bit uh, chestnut-y but I don't know yeah so he's not a he's not a mufa no. <laughs> he
2: claims to be he, uh, he's actually been very 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 good for uh, San Lorenzo and
0: I think, I think this could be our Hunter Pog <coughs> word of the week mufa because yeah. uh, Australian dance and I've said it a couple of times and I'm not uh... yeah the
2: mufa is in case it wasn't clear it's it was the bad luck mm. sort of charm you could say that's, that's M-U-F-A mufa yep mm-hmm. Uh, and that's yeah, that's all I have to say about that match. It was, uh, I think, possibly the best match I've seen all season in that Clubs winner. In terms of like the chances at both ends, uh, you never really knew. I mean, you never it never looked like one team was completely dominating, mm-hmm. apart from well, like I said when when Newell's were looking quite comfortable at the end of the second half. But uh, just an amazing game, the missed chances, uh, goals, late winners, so
0: like, so I switched we, it on with about five minutes to go at two-two and didn't have a clue what I've been missing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to have to concede judgment on that one and, and state that I was slightly
1: annoyed when I found out what had happened. So I was just going to pose the question to you guys. What do we think this means for News Classora chances? Is, have they missed a chance dropping those three points? Well, how many points behind are they now? I believe they're four behind Boca with free to play.
2: I guess it all depends on what happens with Boca over these two, two legs of the Libertadores.
0: Mm. Or even if they play in the final as well. And also in that very close back to back Copa Argentina games which we'll get on to a little later on they play tomorrow in the quarter final and then on Sunday apparently in the semi final um, which we'll mention later as I say um, but yeah, I think it, it's, it, it was a damaging weekend now and we'll, we'll get on to the title race um, for, for all of the teams in the title race who aren't Boca Juniors or you could say it was a good weekend for Boca Juniors in fact um, Tigre uh, Drew as as we've already mentioned um, Arsenal de Sarandí were held
1: last night by we yeah.
0: have got the computer here this week but we'll try and remember I'm going to try and remember Estudiantes, the Estudiantes. Um, uh, w- with a, a very good equalising goal from the enormous young Colombian Duván Zapata um, <laughs> and uh, oh and uh, the other team in the title race, of course the Newells who who we've mentioned already lost, lost 3-2
1: um, and the boys of course and Orbois, boys yeah who also lost 1-0 to uh, 2 lanos. that was well yeah, that was yeah.
0: that was the other Friday night game wasn't it um, and we should mention that one in a second actually as well so that, that puts uh, Boca Boca Juniors beat Godoy Cruz 3-0 uh, 3 assists from Juan Román Riquelme uh, 1 very long way offside goal from Pablo Molche to make it 3-0 but fully deserved win for Boca yeah I think probably their
2: best game of the season as well and yeah, yeah. And, uh, Riquelme was in one of his moods where he was just incredible
0: three assists in a, in a single match and just doing whatever he wanted basically mm. and so the the Clasura title race is now uh, that Boca and uh, sorry Boca three clear of Tigre and Arsenal and four clear of Newell's um with all boys, another point behind. Another point
1: behind, along with Velez. Yeah, type of that's right, yeah.
0: Velez uh, <laughs> got a 2 0, went away to Colón, mm-hmm. meaning that the. I think Colón were previously unbeaten at home in the Clausura. Um, so that's, that's now fallen goals from Juan Manuel Martinez and Augusto
1: Fernandez. Uh, that was also on Monday night. Um, it was kind of a, an interesting little turn of events well, as well, because I know I've been saying all through the season that um, San Lorenzo and Tigre are just matching each other's results. And you saw as well, kind of, Newell's had lost three-one to Tigre the week before, and so San Lorenzo obviously had to come out and, and beat Newell's as well, kind of. The first two games they'd lost since kind of the first weeks yeah. of the uh, Clausura.
0: Yeah, that's true, I hadn't realised that But um, th- 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 those results as well I- in the relegation zone Because I forgot to mention it Tigre, who could have climbed out of everything And been completely safe this weekend Are now back in the automatic relegation spots One point behind San Lorenzo And um, the next round of Clausura matches After the international break uh, Is going to see San Lorenzo travelling to Victoria To Tigre, exactly to um, t- t- uh, Colón's loss yesterday Means that Tigre's home record is now the outright best in the class aura. Um so that's going to be a really good game and we're going to have a, a tamed San Lorenzo fan on next week for you hopefully uh, if anybody knows an English speaking Tigray fan then please tell them to get in touch as well but we're not going to hold our breath on that um, anything else to say to I was go just going to say about the
2: Velez match that that was actually uh, the first goal that they've scored in uh, quite a long time like 360 minutes or yeah. something um, which sort of backs up what we were saying about how they've become quite a defensive unit this team this time um, and not scoring as many goals as they used to. And I think it was uh, Burrito Martinez who scored the previous one before that, which was mm. several games. I think he
1: scored the first one this time as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I wanted to talk about the, the Lanús-All-Boys game mainly, <coughs> probably both of you have... <laughs> Um, because on Friday night Just outside the stadium Just before the game Kicked off There was A uh, Lanús Barra Brava Shot dead Um you know, if he was A Barra Brava Or was he just Well he's been he yeah. he Sometimes
1: was. you know These guys uh, with The Barra Like these groups You know They attract a lot Of hangers on Who aren't right. necessarily In the group But they yeah. like to be around So yeah It's not sure whether He was one of these guys Because he was only Like he was a kid Kind of 21, 21 years, years old yeah. yeah So he might have been Like a hanger on He could have been in The Barra It's not Particularly, been released probably won't okay. be. But he wasn't just a, a bystander. That's No, I he wasn't a no. bystander necessarily, but yeah.
0: Although apparently there were there were shots going into, or very close to the the crowd of bystanders as they were going into the stadium. One of whom was our friend Tom Beck. Um, it was about 50 metres away. He, he told me afterwards um, So we're glad he's okay. Uh, you're not getting mixed up, and apparently the the train station was was trashed in Buenos after the game as well yeah. by the Barras um, There's an an interna, as they call it here, a kind of internal struggle for power uh, within the Barras which the uh, policia federal and and the police of the province of Buenos Aires have both claimed they don't know anything about. Which is nice, mm-hmm. isn't
1: it? It's encouraging. Yeah, yeah it's, it's wonderful. Security. And the security authorities seem to seem to be doing the same. I know. There was a big thing There's a show on Sunday nights Called El Show del Futbol Which I think we've referenced A couple of times In not Particularly uh, Particularly complimentary ways You know It's It's uh, fairly shambolic It basically Consists of kind of Six guys Trying to shout Over each other As loud as possible But this time Kind of They came out really strongly And you know Against the Barra Against this violence Because obviously We talked before On this podcast About The Independiente director getting uh, death threats and Cantero the president who's sort of leading uh, the crusade against the Barra we could say uh, death threats against him and you know actual bodily threats as well obviously we had uh, Gio's unfortunate unfortunate uh, pressure last week where he had a gun held to his leg it
0: worked it definitely worked well, yeah
1: that's the nice story you can't it.
0: say that the Barra's tactics don't work we're going to observe the wrestling game but, yeah.
1: a little later so yeah, I think on this, uh, on this program it was it was kind of fascinating because the the kind of director of the show, Fantino, came out of a very kind of strong, very very passionate speech again against the Barra and against uh, copro who are these who are the guys who kind of look after the security of games in the province. And then they kind of turned turned attention to um, Oscar Ruggeri, who you know ex-Argentina international, very uh, very distinguished player, and asked if you know if he had any. Had had any dealings, any threats with the Barra and he basically, you know, refused to answer because he was scared. It looked like he was he was going to crack himself. <laughs> is a former Lanús. He's got some history
0: with Lanús. Yes, so I he's so. he's a former Lanús player. Or something. I think so. Yeah. and also was uh, former River and Martinos. River and Bocca? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. One of the few brave, brave or stupid enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to play for both. Well, we're getting on to another uh, man who was brave or stupid enough to play for both River and Bocca Later on, actually, in the in the listeners' questions. Um, the the other point about Lanús and, and the the, the political. Uh, business and the makeup of the AFA and the lack of willingness from authorities to do anything about the Barras is that uh, Lanús president Nicolás Russo is the man currently charged with the AFA or, or well until recently supposedly charged charged by the AFA with um, coming up with a new uh, format for the first division championship right. um, we've not bothered to mention it yet because it will be voted out and some, replaced with something else in a couple of weeks time probably but for the moment um, they're going to be keeping Dora and Klausura next year and making them the winners of each player play off playoff at the end of the season so there'll, be, there'll only be one champion per season so and also they're renaming final, them least, yeah, they're, they're, the they're renaming them initial final. and apparently this a means the change. end of the short championships <laughs> um, and several people have been including seemingly English down, have been gullible enough to, to buy that explanation Please.
1: it's a different name Sam it's got nothing in it
0: <laughs> no, no, it's, it's completely, completely different absolutely. It is. it's just um, so cynical uh, <laughs> what to touch on now Racing and um and Gio Moreno's threat from the bat rat and the the reaction that it subsequently got seemed like a, a good uh, alternative now uh, English Dan's going to tell us about how he managed to watch that match being such a die-hard racing fan he had to venture into the murky world of the internet
1: I just about managed to watch it yes yeah, it's, um, it's a complicated story a few weeks ago it's made considerably more complicated by the fact that Dan doesn't know how computers work and therefore he yes. has done internet streaming before so. definitely uh, yeah, I had my my telly break uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't got around to, to fixing it, so I'm on a temporary uh, little set at the moment, which is about six inches tall, six inches wide, and I have to watch it for a microscope. But it's fine, you know. The one problem is, for some reason, it because does... the obvious joke is just too easy to make. This. Yeah, let's not let's not go into that. <laughs> if it was six inches tall, six inches wide, That would be another problem altogether. I think. <laughs> Yes, so the other big issue with my television set is that it doesn't get Canal 9, which happily enough was the channel, the only channel, which was showing Racing on Saturday night. So now, I had why, why
0: was it the only channel showing the Racing game? Because there was another game on at the same time on a load of others. No, there
1: wasn't any other games yeah. on so, No. that... No It so was just tricky, a, Channel 7 for Yeah whatever but Other programs It was programs, something Or other And a documentary About Squirrels and Squirrels and Which unfortunately It's finished <laughs> But yeah Finally finished From Saturday Yeah um, Yeah so I kind of Had to Look for some way To put it on my computer And do all this Kind of thing And yeah More or less It worked I managed to see the go Anyway which was A nice little 1-2 uh, from a corner between Gio and I believe Viola And kind of, Gio managed to kind of, advance the edge of the box And then rake the ball past, uh, past the bagarano keeper Rake, yeah Rake it, he <laughs> raked it past, yeah Olave Olave, yes I was thinking about the guy with the crazy shirt You know, <clears throat> who we talked about the other week What well, that is, him? I oh, know, that's what I'm saying I thought I was trying <laughs> to remember his name <laughs> Jesus Christ Did you watch the match with anyone then? I was with my better half,
2: yes. Oh, right. Indeed. Was that part of any kind of deal?
1: Uh, well, <laughs> later that night, we did go to the theatre. But I like the theatre, so it's fun. What it did was you a very
2: really
1: good play. It was called El Viento en y un, y un Violin, which is The Wind in a Violin. Oh, that sounds lovely. It was lovely. It was about, a beautiful I mean, title. It was about lesbians who um <laughs> who wanted a baby, so they ended up raping a raping a kid. So he'd get the one of them pregnant, and then... The kid gets thrown out of his house by the mum Is and... <laughs> Well, yeah the, the, One of them had a knife so, you know I think, <laughs> we, I think we can probably call it right
0: No, no, I've mean, been producing the...
1: <laughs> Men produce semen. So, yeah I don't know which uh, sex <laughs> education <laughs> class you missed <laughs> but you said kid I'm wondering Kid is in <laughs> you know Kid is in uh, a young adult Oh, I see so, okay. I no, That's that's <laughs> Yeah, it's not quite as bad. Well,
0: that's, so that's
1: yeah, it was it was a very nice piece of theatre. <laughs> so it. you had to go to the theatre with and watch you that lesbian to. play, in exchange
2: for watching <laughs> that wrestling match with your famous girlfriend from a few weeks ago indeed it and, didn't and sound
1: somewhat, like such a bad trade to
0: me and somewhat fittingly as we've already mentioned Gio Moreno's uh, goal uh, production as it were uh, also came about as a result or possibly just in spite of violent um, <laughs> <laughs> threats so in a way the, the, the two are, are closely linked um, Gio now is is what presumably the, the racing barriers hero I wonder how Passionately they celebrated That goal of his oh, I'm sure they were pretty
1: Passionate in yeah. celebrating it. Yeah.
0: And they'll try to take The credit for it And everything um, Has yeah. anything Come about f- From the club Or from the batter Or
1: anything since Since the goal Has there been a been Yeah a I think it was sport? I think it was Pelletieri basically Who came out and said You know That goal That win You know Had absolutely nothing To do with the threats You know yeah, Which yeah, was, it was horrible said Something similar yeah. He was honour of the yeah. team You know He said
2: those guys Who threatened me They're not they're not wrestling fans. The wrestling fans are the guys yeah. who come here every every week and exactly. support us.
1: And I think, yeah, I've always said, kind of, with Gio, he's, he's got the support of the vast majority of, uh, of normal wrestling fans. They say, you know, he gets applauded when, when he's in so well. You know, he's never kind of booed or jeered like a lot of other players in the squad. So, yeah, I think he's got support. The question is going to be if he's there the, the coming year because it's looking unlikely at the moment. I wouldn't have thought this. Anyway, he's going to want to stay. I mean, he, even
0: though he realises that that the fan base is on mm-hmm. his side, well, I don't think the it's that, that yeah. stuff can even be a possibility for him.
1: Although be. I don't think it's related too much to that. I think the big issue with uh, with Gio is that Racing still owe a hell of a lot, a lot of money to Elitco um, Nacional, who were his club before, for the part of the the contract they they purchased. I think it's still over a million dollars, so 1.2 million dollars, say there's a chance you know if Racine can't come up with that cash and I know that Zoellia doesn't necessarily see Gio as a player he sort of sees him as what he's been saying in the press is sort of a luxury you know he's a brilliant player but you need certain certain men around him to help him play his best you know he needs support from a strong midfield he needs full backs who can go up and down the pitch and he needs a proper set of forwards you know so it looks like you know since Racine don't have them players the most likely situation is going to be his Kind of His agents And his investors Will Suleman And Racing Probably won't Be left with much Because of the debt But They also won't owe anything So it's It's kind of a sad way For him to leave after You know He started so well And He really did Capture the hearts Of us Racing fans But No We'll, we'll have to see To the end of the season But If I was a better man I'd say You won't see Gio Moreno In the 2012
0: Initial And unlike The other Um controversial Colombian figure in wrestling season Gio seems to be a thoroughly nice bloke as well
1: Indeed, he just seems like a lovely lovely guy I'd love to um to go out for a beer with Gio there's been some talk um, <laughs>
0: at Lanús funnily enough at Subaldea's former club that they might try and, and sign him
1: since their last
0: Colombian well yes that so I was do, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, since Colombian not to come from wrestling I'm
2: no. no. linked, well, linked with that horrible uh, Mercado whatever it's called uh, website, uh, Twitter handle um, just I thought you were going to say Mercado Libre, which is like the Argentine version of eBay. Oh. No, it was a really bad. Mercado
1: Libre. Well, they, anyway,
2: they linked in with River today. Was it Mercado Futbol? Yeah. Who you can trust about 12% of what they say. I think that's being
0: slightly generous. Yeah. It's slightly more reliable than, say, gold.com. That's
1: just harsh. Terrible,
0: terrible, terrible.
1: Now that I work goes on. Yeah. it's no. sadly,
0: yeah which is that. so I've uh, um, heard <laughs> excuse me while I digest this pastry that I've got in my mouth
1: for a second it's also digesting the news of mm. Dan coming to join me at work
0: absolutely um, i have also tried to think of whether there's anything else that's happened in the Primera this weekend uh, uh, was a, game, um, yeah, I went to see Argentinos Banfield
2: which of course you I was, wasn't expecting much from uh, you know two teams that well Banfield along with Olympia have been the worst team I think this year uh, and Argentinos are sort of sticking to the lower mid table but no it was actually quite an entertaining game we saw uh, two red cards two red cards two penalties. penalties uh, missed penalty yeah and then Argentinos won the game with the penalty and, uh,
0: no, saying it's a missed penalty I don't think quite does it justice because it was the first choice goalkeeper was sent off there was an awarded penalty and then the substitute keeper saved it yes. um, which, which was it was not a successful penalty no no it's true but I, so it was. I, I, have a, I have a small problem at any point if the goalkeeper saves with people just saying oh he missed a penalty you have to give the goalkeeper the credit but especially when it's the goalkeeper's very first action on the pitch to come on and, and face the penalty right away uh, I, was, I was impressed
2: yeah their goalkeeper looked quite shaky after that as well so um, yeah it yeah,
0: <laughs> was quite surprising that he saved that penalty that was uh, Montosha wasn't it yeah yeah um, one of the several Navarro Montosha I think but was the one at Independiente he used to play for Racing there were several of them are they related
1: no I don't think so isn't think it all... Nicolas Navarro you can, that's the one. You're not getting confused I'm with getting the people. man, Namatoj, no, who plays for Vélez Yes, well done, yeah. he came on And he came on as a sub. He's what where he on.
0: last midweek on Thursday, no. we, which we should possibly mention as well the Libertadores because it's happened since we recorded last week. Yeah. Um, Velez have gone out of the Copa Libertadores on penalties to Santos after a, what I thought was a very creditable 1 uh, 1 aggregate draw. Santos um, eventually broke through against 10 man in about the 78th, 79th minute. Um, and Marcelo Barrovero, having been sent off, the Veles first choice goalkeeper, sort in the first half. Team, yeah. but no, I thought yeah. it was completely okay. Mm. Uh, you I I think he tried to, to grab Nemo's. Yeah, like.
1: But we know, oh, yeah, Chester's I guess we problem. can say, you know. Neymar made the most of it he possibly could yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, Neymar had taken some shocking dives up to that point. And, and once again, he didn't, over both legs, he didn't play that well, I didn't think. No, I'm wondering, wondering how, we how much that, this we yeah. put up yeah. to Gino Peruzzi. Gino yeah. Peruzzi, who
1: played two. He yeah, did, he was players, tremendous. Yeah. And, All, and it was almost, almost
0: his first, what, two of his first <coughs> 10 or 15 matches, certainly for Bellas. Oh, he's only he's like, played, I like, think, five or six in. That and before. he's probably slapped about two million quid onto his transfer value. Yeah. But uh, well, I mean, we've seen this before
2: from Neymar. Just against a team that's well set up defensively, we saw it in the under 20s. Yeah. Uh, Whatever sort of Sudamericano, sort of I, I think it was a Sudamericana sort of against Argentina. He didn't play that well. He tends to uh, just turn into like uh, in, go into dive mode when when he's, things are not going his way. But aside from that, yeah, Fellas, um, uh, yeah, like Sam said, they were they were pretty decent over the two legs and a little bit unlucky to go out on penalties. Yeah,
0: um, Bocca Junior is a little bit lucky not to go out on penalties perhaps or at least a little bit lucky to avoid the penalty shootout. Um, over the course of the two nights I think they deserved it but the, the eventual tie winner slash equaliser on the night from Santiago Silva came two minutes one minute into stoppage time At uh, least, just as the game was about to head to penalties on a similar score Fluminense were leading 1-0 on the night and it was 1-1 in when Silva pounced and Four really close quarterfinals, actually, in the Libertadores. Two of them went to penalties, two of them were settled by oh, one goal gone, really yeah. late on. Um, uh, the, the semifinals now are going to be Boca versus Universidad de Chile, which is going to be very interesting. And a, and real a classical final, yeah. in Brazil, Santos against Corinthians, yeah. uh, which will also be a two clashes
1: of styles as well. I think definitely the, um, the Boca Universidad de Chile game is going to be fascinating because... Um, as well, yeah, Santos and Corinthians is a clash of styles But I think Universidad de Chile and Boca You know, two teams with a completely different approach to mm. to football You could almost say it was how they play, you know To conjecture, it's going to look something like uh, Barcelona against Chelsea With maybe Boca showing a bit more in attack than I Chelsea I think Boca, did.
0: Uh, generally, particularly if, if, if Universidad de Chile get a goal Boca are going to be more willing to... Are more
1: able. Yeah but, if <laughs> so they, yeah, but if they get the first goal, mm. I think we could definitely see some uh, some shutting up. But no, it's going to be very a very interesting game, I think. And then, so we'll
0: look forward to those later starting in a couple of weeks' time.
1: Yeah, I did have the um, the days, I think. The first legs are on the 13th and 14th of June, so we've got a while. Been, right, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we should also do a, a very. We, we mentioned last week that uh, there was a big top of the table clash in the second division where River played travel to Rosario to play Central uh, we were all expecting a magnificent spectacle of football it was River playing away in a stadium with a famously uh, virulent atmosphere against a team in blue and yellow so it was almost looked like a Superclassico and unfortunately it was only about as good as a typical Classico as well a terrible spectacle of football yeah. um, Central uh, I, from where I was watching at least and with the eyes that I was watching through I noticed a River fell seemed to be um, uh, setting out by and large for, for the draw and they got it yeah. very well
1: I mean the draw suited so them down to the ground they stayed top they say one point clear of uh, River and Instituto who are tied for second yeah Instituto were also held 1-1 mm-hmm. uh, one, one, I'm thinking for
0: some reason by Ignacia uh,
1: yes I the, I'm making that up Instituto they, drew they yeah. definitely drew yeah <laughs> you can say they drew and so now we,
0: we've got the, the run-in uh, coming up which, which we'll deal more with uh, both in the Primera and in National B next week prior to, uh, to to the weekend matches because the international break means there are no matches at all in the top two divisions this coming weekend um, what else do we have to mention at the moment Wednesday night which for, for those of you who get in early and listen to this when it goes up will hopefully be tonight last week there were a few problems with the upload and I didn't manage to get it on until about eight o'clock in the well eight hours after starting to upload um, is Boca Juniors against Rosario Central in the Copa Argentina um, so whether Central were possibly also practising their strategy against River for what they're going to play if they do play like that against Boca it's going to be a match to miss for certain yeah, <laughs> yeah Boca is yeah. sort of the team that they'd
2: likely to take once again it's quite second string team but still yeah you would think it's you know by Argentinian football standards are very powerful team
0: still. So, sure. Yeah, and, and that's the fourth and final quarter-final um, in the Copa Argentina. And the semis apparently... Uh, well, we know the River Rassi is going to be played on Sunday, and English Dan uh, reckons also that, that Boca or Central against... Um, Deportivo Merlo. Against Deportivo Merlo is, is also going to be played this Sunday, so they've got a very quick turnaround. And the AFA clearly... Um, Looking to Completely Overshadow The semi-finals Of their flagship New domestic tournament By placing it On international weekend The day after Argentina played A World Cup qualifier And also there are A bunch of Boca first-teamers At least two of them In the squad For the Argentina match So they obviously They're not even Pretending that Boca Are going to be Wanting to play A first-string team It's it's a bit of a joke I think
1: There's no other Real-time You can do it You know Boca are still In three competitions And they know You know The AFA are more than aware That out of the 3 Boca are almost out of necessity, going to have to take the Copa Argentina the the lightest. So I think no, I, th- I don't think it's a bad time to, to put it. I mean, there's not going to be any Primera División football, and yeah, all, all, all of it. us, yeah, yeah, all of us know pretty well from being here that when it comes down to club football against um, the Selección, the international team, most people are going to plan for for the international. I w- it wouldn't surprise me at all if, say, the River Racing game got higher television figures and. Than the Argentina Ecuador game. Which you mean is, no, uh, most people punt
2: right? for the club?
1: That's, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if they got higher viewing
2: figures. Yeah, because yeah, he said international, yeah. I think it the club. Yeah.
1: I don't know what I said. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I was going to say the same point that um, it's kind of a good weekend to do it. I think because yeah, like you hear grumbling about when when there's an international weekend and there's only one match played, you know, people will watch it, but yeah. at the same time they're used to sixteen hours of TV over the weekend. Yeah,
1: you know, oh, always leaves so. a bit of a hole in our in our schedules when we only have two hours of football to watch a weekend yeah well, we sure. kind of have to like walk outside and yeah I see the um, see the autumn sunshine it's, yeah. it's pretty I don't know about
0: anybody else but I'm going to be watching the full complement of South American World Cup qualifiers if I can uh, okay possibly not the full complement but I'll certainly be taking it a couple more of um, and also but the whole of the cup continues to be played midweek up to now so why suddenly stick it on a weekend because we've still got a month to go of the domestic season the effort, obviously I don't think anybody's going to Deny that this competition was was partly brought back in in the particular season that River happened to have gone down to the second division in order to try and engineer at least one competitive Super Classico of, of a high um, uh, level of visibility, i.e., the Hoping River of Boca meet in the final. And as it stands at the moment, it's looking like that final is going to have to be played potentially either in the run-in to a Boca Championship and a River promotion push. Or even if they leave it until after the season, and if River don't manage to get automatic promotion, River are going to be playing a, a reserve squad then because they'll have to play the, um, the, the promotion playoff. Um, and for anybody who, who wants to jump on me for not giving opposition credit, River are now guaranteed at least fourth place in the second division, uh, which means that they will, at, at the very least, be in a, in a playoff for a for place in the first division again next season. As indeed are all of the other three: Quindós, um, mm-hmm. Instituto, and, and Central. Um, and so, whichever way around they do it, they're going to have a final with, if, if they get the final they want, with with two teams who are putting out reserve lineups. So why we'll yeah. try and screw up the, the reserve as well? They could, you know, the AFA could at least pretend to themselves that Clemente Rodriguez is going to be involved in Bocca's team for the Copa Argentina. <laughs> By putting it on this date, they're not even doing that. They're just going, yeah, we know you're going to throw out a lot of kids. So what the hell?
2: way later in the season, like after everything else is finished.
0: Yeah, and then sort of in a way replace the summer. Exactly. Running. So, so yeah. what I'm saying is, if the, if they're going to do that, which which is the sensible way to do it, wait until certainly both both River and Bocca because uh, that's what they're hoping for, have got their their league matches out of the way. Then there's no rush to play the semi final
1: right now on this particular weekend. It's <coughs> the point that I was very. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think they're just grabbing any any chance they can get to um, to play Bocca's game because you know if they don't do it this weekend, say they they could possibly do it midweek coming through, but then they'd still might have the problem of players being away on international duty I think oh, this so. way at least they get it out of the way and they're not going to have to worry about coordinating it with their Libertadores and the local championship I think for me it's it's not ideal but putting the two semi-finals together it means you know kind of four hours of, of football with the two biggest teams in the country obviously Boca might well go out tomorrow so mm. it could all be academic but I think it's keep an, my yeah, fingers crossed, but I'm I think kind of breath. looking at uh Ways to market the tournament to massive games on a on a Sunday afternoon. It's yes. it's not a bad option, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm not too. After so all that effort, you have our
2: vague approval for, the, for your scheduling. Well, not Sam no,
1: though. Not, not Sam. Friends. You have to. No, the AFA are going to have to do something spectacular to yeah. uh, t- to ever get a nice word from Sam. <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> disappointed, I'm disappointed in you two for <laughs> probably give
0: them a nice word here. Um, <laughs> Not as bad as Mr. Rupert Fryer during the week. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> or just just yesterday, tweeting in favour of Arsenal and Sarandee. D- Disfrustful. Wow. He's crossed himself off any potential future... Uh, donors, yes, ma'am,
2: Rupert Fryer, mm-hmm. as I call him now. So we should
0: yeah.
1: all what, unfollow him, like... I so, uh, him, I already blocked him.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. And report him as spam as well. <laughs> <laughs> he might give innocent Twitterers who don't follow Argentine football bad ideas. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play some music now. <clears throat> because my voice is failing, and also because it will enable us to come back in and answer some of your lovely listeners' questions um, after this brief musical interlude, so don't go anywhere. Ladies and gents The first one uh, Comes from Biting Flea Whose Twitter handle Is Biting Flea And he asks What's the Argentine press Concentrating more on? Title challenge Or the relegation struggle?
1: I think The easy enough question Which Funny enough Is Wildly different From what it was Last year Is the title race (laughs) Basically because uh, The title race race Has a Grande in it Boca And the relegation Oh uh, well, Yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I guess you can say like the relegation the relegation fight has got a fair amount of talk as well because obviously yeah, San Lorenzo are down, down in there fighting. And I guess to an extent because Tigre are playing so well but are
0: still in there. Although yeah, that's got, said, yeah. everybody is pretty much just ignoring Tigre and, and yeah. talking about San Lorenzo.
1: But I think I've really yeah, the, the title race definitely kind of related to. The love of Boca And the fact that They're still fighting On three different fronts They could Win the La Verteores Or go back Dina And then uh, La And next year the, the World Champions And you know Next Next year The Universe mm. I think yeah, In some Of the, the Yeah universe, I'd say more than anything rather than the,
2: the title race itself, I'd say that,
1: yeah, It's Concentrating popular. on Boca Yeah, yeah. Um, Just like last year They concentrated on the River Down the world Yeah they Completely forgot about Velez winning the title
2: Yeah um, but yeah This is a bit like The, the, the last tournament In that um, Bocca They're not doing it As easily this time But they're kind of The other teams around them Are just sort of Failing at their chances To catch up Or overtake them So you know Bocca just kind of
0: Rambling on Absolutely. Um, Shivam, Shivam Elam, has said, uh, sorry for yet another question. No, you don't have to apologise, please. Um, but I was wondering what happened to Sebastian Rambert after his Inter move in 1995. Uh, this is the player I mentioned earlier who we're going to get on to who was either brave or foolish enough to have played for both Boca and River. Um, Rambert, you, a lot of listeners might not have heard of him and maybe be slightly surprised to hear that he played for Inter.
1: Uh,
0: Inter. <laughs> And part of the reason for that, at least, is that he didn't play for Inter. He signed for them in '95 at the same time as Javier Sanetti, um, and didn't play a single match. So we've got two extremes, two sides of the same coin there. Um, he signed for him Independiente, um, and then what happened then was that he stayed a, a season for Inter, couldn't get a game, and ended up being sold to Real Saragossa. Uh, where well, he did all right, but unspectacularly. Moved back to Argentina, moved to, to Boca in 96, and then after one season with Boca, he moved to River Plate, um, where he played in the space of about two and a half, three years, played 37 games, um, and then moved back to Independiente, then on to Iraklis, who play in Greece, and then to Arsenal de to end his career, where he played three games in the space of one season.
2: He played for the national
0: team, didn't he? He did, yeah, eight times. Um... Which is somewhat surprising because going on the figures that I've got here, all I've got up is his, his Wikipedia page. Um, but he's only got 71.99. In a career spanning over a decade, he's only played fewer than 150 first team games, according to these two, Which isn't particularly impressive.
2: No, can I remember? few months ago I was watching you know the classic Argentina matches from mm. about that period and I saw, I saw him in the team and I was like why is he in the team and I looked up I think I looked up this not that you're looking at Wikipedia man, but I looked up this I Wikipedia brought, he's already
0: Yeah, he, he, he was fairly successful here he won the Clausura 94 and then won how many is that five titles with River um, but yeah didn't seem to, to play an awful lot his dad played for France incidentally um, mm-hmm. so yes. very much a, a tressegate in the making, potentially, or well tressagay before tressegate. <laughs> <laughs> a forerunner for so you could say. That's that's the phrase I was looking well, for. Are you aimed, yes. Yeah. yeah. That first version, you know. Absolutely. Um, more questions. Papadopoulos uh, whose Twitter name is oh in fact it's Chris Hanna. Uh E R ninety four says could we ever see Sao Paulo as manager of Argentina it would be amazing uh, we talked about Sao Paulo last week and, was it and, really and about how it we was well we, thought, we talked about both but we have talked about Sao yeah. Paulo in the last couple of weeks certainly um, I think one day
1: yeah. maybe I mean it's not
0: just yeah I mean Sao Paulo's only had
1: <laughs> what less than
0: a year um, so far but.
1: I think always kind of one thing I'd say with is with managers like Sao Paoli as we saw before with Bielsa that kind of thing, you know, you can get a very good system, a very fluid system going at club football, but it doesn't always transfer to to international football, obviously. Mm. You spend a lot less time with the players, There's, you know, you can have injuries completely out of, out of your control and you can't kind of organically replace them and introduce someone in the team, you know, to fill into a system. So I think, you know, from what we've seen, he's got a brilliant team going at Universidad de Chile because more than anything they have a tactic which they understand and he's They they played to it And never give it up So he's definitely um, Definitely a good coach Like really impressed Over the last year But It could be another Another Bielsa situation Kind of Can he Can he adapt to International football And will he ever Get the chance of course
0: Absolutely And this is a point That I'm going to make Actually Pretty much now Unless you have anything To add on Sam Paoli Australian then.
2: No, I was almost going to say that he he would have to build up his profile in Argentina a bit more by mm-hmm. taking. But then again, Sabella was only in charge of Estudiantes for a short time yeah. before he was coach, so I guess that's not
1: really true. Mm-hmm. Definitely, if he happens to win uh, Levator Oriz this year, he's, he's going to have a match up profile. Yeah. Really
0: interesting. Absolutely. Um, Jazza Gold asks, uh, uh, actually, not so much asks states, uh, match chair centre back, please. Um, Mascher being Mascherano obviously Uh, I don't think so he'd have a hell of a lot more to do as an Argentina central defender than he does as a Barcelona central defender and as as English Dan's just said Barcelona like Universidad de Chile play a very different kind of game to Sabella's Argentina and although Sabella's been widely criticised here for that and indeed by a lot of people who aren't here but still refer to Argentina as we which I find a little bit peculiar um, Mm -hmm. eh, it it, it it is a different game and the first thing you have to do with international football is to particularly when you when you've got Argentina's strength in depth up front and have had a lot of problems in the defence over the last couple of years is sort that defence out first, get them to the point where they're confident going out onto the pitch and keeping clean sheets and then start to build more, in my opinion.
1: And it looks like from what I've seen of the the first training sessions So Ellis had with all the players together obviously it was Delayed a bring bringing in all the players of the squad together because you had the Argentine games, there with the Levitadores, and also um, Barca's game against Athletic in the Copa del Rey. But it looks like the defence is going to be um, Zabaleta on the right, with um, Ezequiel Ngaray and Federico Fernandez in the middle, mm. and then Clemente on the left. Which oh, is okay. the same defence we saw in the last friendly, which was against the team that escapes me for the time being. But I was impressed with it I can I remember the game I just can't remember The opposition um, The defence definitely Gave a little bit more solidity than we've seen From Argentina For a while Should we talk about Should we stick with Argentina or should we I
2: was, Argentina?
1: I was going to
0: say That I was kind of Semi hoping to see Matias Rodriguez On the right And we've no, Yeah, and yeah. yeah it's so it's Maybe you know pr- 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 Well I, I think
1: probably other... Offers a little bit more Attacking for us So if it's kind of drawn at half-time so the other thing is, I be surprised
2: if he brings in um, De Salvador, because uh, in, in place of one of Garay or mm. Federico Fernandez because I think he was waiting for him to come back from Um so perhaps him and Federico Fernandez um, together
1: because
2: mm. yeah they're, they're, well if we're going to talk about Argentina they uh, the training well the, the 11 that he's been using in training was, was that back four with Romero of course yeah. and then um, Mascherano in midfield
1: with Di Maria and Gago which Di Maria is and Gago. a midfield like very attacking kind of it's yeah. going to put a lot of pressure on Mascherano even if he's not playing in central defence he's going to be definitely the one who's sticking back and angling yeah. the defence there yeah. and kind of Gago on
2: the right which is yeah. Uh, interesting to see he copes with that uh, you know, he's not the fastest player
1: either. Yeah, all. he's going to have a lot of ground he's going to need letter to really be supporting him there, and also, I guess, like, yeah, Guardiola to to be kind of dragging yeah. back. Yeah, and then and yeah, the
2: the Higgy Smalls um, Trident but then like that's that's where he uh, it's it's early to tell, and we always make these predictions about the starting lineup, and then it changes in the days ahead. But um, you know, so he had I- Iwan Messi and Aguero as a front three, but apparently after about 10 or 15 minutes of training, he changed. He took off Iwan. And brought on Sosa.
1: I think it was halfway through yeah, the the training, so he's trying both definitely <coughs> to see if he's going to go. Yeah, one thing I wouldn't be surprised if he
2: if he sticks with Sosa maybe, because mm-hmm. um, yeah, with that midfield it does look a little. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be a link man unless Gargo can can provide. Yeah, Dembele is not that like, creative of a player, and he would probably, assuming, have defensive duties as well. So yeah.
0: Uh, their last friendly was against Switzerland by the way gents just look yeah and as, as Dan said
2: there's, there's, that back four looked quite good yeah and, and, and a young back four as well so
0: absolutely uh, next question we've got was also from Jazza Gold um, how about Riquelme for at least the qualifiers for Argentina
1: I think this is this is a point where me and Sam we definitely differ I would I would have put Riquelme in and he kind of showed why on the weekend where you know, he set up all three of Boca's goals You know, from set pieces Through the middle And uh, coming in from the left he's, he's a creator And when he's on good form He's going to be making chances People like Iguain, Aguero Messi and Would be absolutely delighted With the kind of service they could get From an from Raquelme So I would have picked him At least in the squad And Yeah So I think It's hard to justify living out at When you have people like uh, Gwinyasu And Rodrigo Braña in there, especially when Macherano is absolutely you know, the undisputed defensive midfielder in the team. It's it's a bit kinda it's a bit cowardly for me. I would have I would have taken either him or, or Pastore, one another kind of creative midfielder.
0: See yeah, I would rather have gone with Pastore for the simple reason that we don't know whether Raquel is even still gonna be playing when the next World Cup rolls around mm. And you might as well build for the future it's you know, Argentina are gonna be favourites to be Ecuador either way well that, um, that's a fair
1: point but I think obviously you have to look towards the, the 2014 World Cup but you've also got to get there I mean this qualifying campaign is, is going to be tough for Argentina you know, a couple of defeats and they're going to start falling back down there's a lot of very good teams in there you look at Uruguay Paraguay Colombia Chile all very established teams also Peru and and Venezuela have shown there are no push I don't know. Essentially so, anyone apart from Bolivia Anyone apart from Bolivia really yeah Who of course are more than capable of doing you in In, in their own stadium mm. So I think you know That whole kind of 2014 It falls down again when you look at left back And you see Clemente there Who's older than Raquel me I believe So yeah I would have him in just for the fact He's experienced and he's absolutely in form And the best there is at the moment Definitely in better form than Pastore I would have included one of the two and I would have probably gone for uh, Riquelme
0: Okay, Uh, we've heard a question from robman99 underscore who actually uh, wanted to ask Seba um, and Seba's very kindly retweeted this question to us the question is is it true that Messi is Benjamín Agüero's godfather
1: the truth is I have no idea
0: do That doesn't. That sounds made up to me. Um, yeah, to me. So it might, because too, uh, yeah.
1: his name is
2: Ben coming, uh, Leonel, I in all Maradona, I think, or something like that. And that might be why how that rumor started. But I, I think
0: it's Leonel, not Lionel. Um, well, Aguero's not the brightest tool in the box. <laughs> the sharpest tool in the box. So you could have it.
2: No, I think it's like his. <laughs> Grandfather's
0: name or something. Yeah. No, I think we're going for three no's So the official hand of pod answer is that no, it's not. And if if Lionel Messi or Sergio Aguero state otherwise in public in the next few days, then they're telling dirty lies. Con- yeah. Confirm that. Yeah, we know best. Erratic, whose Twitter ID is 87barca, says, honestly, do you think Sabelo is doing a good job of preparing for 2014? Yeah.
1: At um, the I moment, you know, he started fairly positively. What is it? two wins and a draw suffer? So no yeah, two wins and a draw and a defeat hmm. yeah because they lost against Venezuela Yeah, uh, which I think is, is average for Argentina obviously the press are always going to want four wins out of four <coughs> especially since one of them is against Venezuela who apparently still don't exist as a footballing force even no. though they're a very useful team and never mind the fact that the first one was a 4-1 humping of Chile no
0: um, who are, who are very good team, uh, yeah. and also the, well, they uh, said the last one, the away one against Colombia, yeah. yeah. which, which was their last one, so but I was really two wins, a draw, and a loss. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> oh sorry, I think they said
1: one but that, that was a really impressive performance as well. Yeah, it uh, was very. good How they came back? Yeah, like the first half they were outplayed, and then they did come back. They showed a lot of resolve, and they put another striker on the field And it. Had kind of instant effect. They're very good.
2: No, I do. Yeah, I think he's, he is sort of preparing them for. It. 2014 quite well with bringing in I think the what I've always said is, that, and what we've all always said is that get, getting that back four together and deciding on the best one quite quickly and sticking with those guys is what he seems to be doing at the moment mm-hmm. um, so that's good uh, and then yeah I don't know the one disturbing thing is the, the amount of Estudiantes players he seems to yeah, like to bring I think
1: in. in this squad there's eight either current yeah. or ex estudiantes and we're talking about exes in in the last two years. From yeah, the and a lot and like
2: a lot of them are really, I mean, old guys like Nesta or yeah. as You said Clemente. Um, that's not really. I mean, yeah, great. Um, it, it, you know, you can use the same argument as to why Riquelme is not in the side. You know, if you're talking about 2014, why are all these old? Exactly. Suit? Yeah, that's my point. Like they may have, a, you know, the team connection there, I and mean, they may uh be comfortable playing with each other but that doesn't help I didn't think, now, for 2014 no. so no. if you're going to argue that yeah why not have we in and start as well
0: uh, Callum Lay Le- Lay. Le- 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 I hope I'm pronouncing your name right sorry Callum Um, who's Calino213 on Twitter says what's the song that every set of fans in Argentina sing immediately after a goal Um, English Dan and I were looking at this one earlier and we think uh, English Dan is now going to give a rendition of the one that we think it was it's not
1: so much a song kind of just you know um, a quick little chant uh, to show their approval of it and it's something along the lines for I'll do it because I don't get to hear it that much in the stadium anyway <laughs> it's something along the lines of Idale 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 which, uh, which basically means come on come on come on come, come on which yeah. um, yeah, well. nothing particularly you know intelligent cerebral it's just a nice little you know yeah. yeah he's got a goal And we're happy And, and, and it's a
0: fitting example For you to use as well Because Callum's actually Got a picture of of The wrestling uh, Home end As his Twitter profile picture oh, wonderful. Um, And yeah When you're in the stadium Listening to it It can just sort of To me it always Just sound like Yeah 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 um, And it took me ages To work out That's because you sit up
1: In the gods You're not
0: with the real people You know Well absolutely yeah,
1: you have like A bald fat guy Screaming at it in your ear you,
0: you get it pretty quick and, uh, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah it, it certainly helps you to pick it up Scott Munro, Scott M87 says Do Argentine players prefer going to Italy or Spain When leaving South America instead of England Due to the style of play um, I don't think it's uh, That possibly plays a factor Or at least the perception of the style of play But I think it's more to do with the fact That they'll often have family ties there Or the, the culture is much more similar
1: Particularly Italy um, yeah, I think you know. Particularly Spain where they have the language already There's no, yeah. there's no barrier that way. So I think that's what it is Plus... Um, I think historically, uh, Italy and Spain, you know, created this uh, foreign transfer market a lot earlier than than the English league did, definitely. Oh, we've and got the Scots in. Not think, really. Come on. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, so yeah, I think it, there's a mixture. Kind of, it's, there's a lot of historical ties, obviously, between Italy, Spain, and Argentina. A lot of historical ties between football and a lot of cultural similarities, definitely more than say going from Buenos Aires to London
0: yeah so, it's, yeah, it's I also think. I hate to bring it down to such prosaic ideas but it's also somewhat easier on the face of it at least to get a work permit for those countries if you don't hold an EU passport than it is sure. to get into Britain yes. for the moment anyway that's, that's started to change um, yeah. but yeah
1: anything else? nothing okay. we can say about
0: that? super um, Chris Holmes whose twitter is Chris Holmes twit whether that's a comment on himself or not I don't know um, sorry Chris Says which Argentina-based players can we expect to see playing in the English Premier League next season? Claudio Shakob might not be a bad shout. Yeah, Chakob he's been, been, been released from Racing yeah. in fact, uh, uh
1: Is the other one? Pato Rodriguez has been linked to the Premiership for about the last three years now. Look out for him. It's it's hard to say at this point, you know. Obviously, you hear a lot of rumours. Uh, Mauchi, of course, was was another one I believe who was linked with. He was linked with West Ham at one point, but I think I mean, yeah, he's, he's linked with someone
2: else. Strongly linked with there. America
1: now. And, America,
2: yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, we can just run through the the usual names of young players who, I mean, City yeah. and, and Ocampos, obviously. I'd oh, say, so, yeah, Ocampos is a very likely one within
0: the next year or so. Is like someone like yeah. Chelsea? Uh, Man City, I'm very really interested. In. I can't say anything more than that because my contact was really only for mentioning it again. It's been on The, the
1: Guardian, so. <laughs> Has it? It's yeah. not much from a missed There we go on. That's, that's yeah. Um, um, yeah So these yeah. are the kind of names It's not so much trying to tie who's going to go where we know who's probably likely to move in, uh,
2: uh, in the winter Yeah so in Martinez summers. is also yeah. definitely going in June but we don't know where yet but he's more likely yeah. probably to go to Italy I think
0: Yeah um, um, Yeah d- Direct moves straight from Argentina into England are still relatively um, unusual, so it's a tricky one to, to be able to answer. Um, but we will try and keep you posted if, if we hear about anything. Um, Danny Viper underscore Dan says, why does Carlos Luna, uh, the Chinaman, look like a world-beater Fatigue Tigray that looked average at LDU Quito? That's a very good question. It well, for me... <laughs>
2: He doesn't necessarily look like a world-beater, Fatiga. He he scores a lot of goals, but he's one of those guys that you sort of wonder how he does because he's not that big. He's got he's got ten goals, right? I think he's got six out of ten with headers. Mm-hmm. He's a fairly little guy, and he's just one of those guys that sort of pops up in the box. And I, I like I I guess um, if you've got a, a good good set of midfielders behind him, he's one of these guys that uh, he'll miss a few chances, but he'll get a few as well. And I don't know, he just kind of seems to accumulate goals without doing anything spectacular, really. Yeah. Um, perhaps at Liga de Quito he didn't have
0: the right environment for him or whatever. He's going back to Liga de Quito at the end of this season so um, we might get another chance to to find out why uh, those of you who watch Ecuadorian football Um, Eric Beard, whose Twitter is Beard Eric says, what does Colacini have to do to get a game with La Selección Uh, and will any Libertadores team profit from the international break I think the answer to the second is probably no because they're all Gonna have about two and a half weeks off after the internationals anyway, from anywhere to at least. Um, well, the Collatini's been, yeah. been really good for Newcastle all this season. Um, Possibly, I, I'm slightly surprised at uh, the Spent six months on loan at the Villantes. It might. Yeah, that was frame of
2: mind. Yeah. yeah.
0: But now, Possibly I, a haircut as well. Sevilla's a very sensible man. Could
1: be.
0: Colacini's hair is,
1: is. I don't think of other. I, like, I think maybe at Newcastle since. They're not kind of a, a club that's been At the top of the premiership Maybe he's a little bit Off the radar there Compared to someone like You know even in England People like uh, Zabaleta and Huerda uh, Who obviously get A lot more exposure Back in Argentina Because Well yeah
0: you know, said That but well, Newcastle
1: p- Were were in the top four For a lot of the season And finished yeah, but the, Fifth or What season. I'm getting at Is they're not a club Particularly Particularly followed In Argentina Like City are yeah. now or, um, They don't have That kind of
0: yeah, you think
1: Sabella would be uh, keeping an eye on these type kind of tough uh, players? Yeah, probably. I'm sure he's keeping an eye on them, but of, of course, kinda where he is is going to influence us, of the point I'm trying to make.
0: I'm sure Sabella would have been to watch uh, both,
1: both yeah. Golocini
0: and Jonas Gutierrez as well.
1: One this, point is, I'd like to make, actually, we sort of glossed over the second part of that question, which is, yep. I believe I that Boca are the only team that are going to benefit, because as far as I know, I know that Corinthians and... Santos, do break for the, the international window, the Brasileiro course, finishes yeah. as normal, uh, continues as normal, and Universidad de Chile, I believe it's the same because they've just moved into the playoff section, and obviously because they've been playing mm. the better, their league is a little bit behind, they've got to catch up at least one game already, I think a quarter-final, the second leg. Yeah against Cobra which the first leg they won 2-0 so yeah I can see they'll probably carry on
0: playing sure and, uh, but I mean the, the point I was making was more that the, the first legs of those are for two weeks in any case so it's yeah. not going to the, the international break as such isn't going to have a direct impact on, on no. Melibertadores it will have a direct impact on those teams yeah but, but what no, it I mean I, is that
1: Boca will come into it fresher with would they wouldn't have played for okay. that time while Universidad de Chile and the Brazilians will have this is uh,
0: um, Sean O'Hagan S.O.Hagan92 asks if Gio Moreno was a band or artist who would he be? I
1: don't know. What are you looking at me for? Well you're the <laughs> rapper guy.
0: Yeah but I don't know music. Um, <laughs> Jeff
1: Buckley. Jeff
2: Buckley.
1: Do you have a yeah, reason for this? No. no. Okay. Let's go with Jeff
0: Yeah why not Jeff Buckley. Well we'll go with Jeff Buckley because we can't think of any alternatives. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm almost tempted to, to interpret the word artist as being visual art and, and to say Salvador Dali because he reminds me a little bit of those enormous elephants on on really spindly legs in uh, the creation of memory, I think it's called. Nick Dorrington, chewing the coca, asks, given Argentina's paucity of quality left-backs, do the podders feel Antonio Valencia could be a big threat on Saturday? Antonio Valencia, as some of you may be aware, is Manchester United's right-winger and our best player no, yeah, in the season just gone.
2: Sort of, I think a lot depends on is not a great defender but it depends on Di Maria maybe uh, he is a good defender but it depends where he's expected to play how attacking he's supposed to be mm. uh, also so it
1: depends how um, Ecuador come out to, exactly. to play the game like, I think the most likely I think his gonna so exactly, you know, come out for a, a draw and, you know, yeah. Attack when they are going. yeah but I think we're going to see him a lot on the counter, which, which could, put, could cause a lot of problems you know we know um, Clemente loves to get forward and Yeah, so that's why like. I mean if Di Maria
2: is yeah. quite attacking um, Yeah, you could see yeah, Clemente
1: into Yeah, so space. not so much for the force of your but for the players that are there who are, are very attacking there could be a bit of space down that right flank and it's going to put a lot of pressure on uh, people like Garbo Machirano and, and the centre-backs to, to cover that I mean, I think we saw a similar situation during the Copa Libertadores. this was with one of those Universidad de Chile but I'm going to try and tie this in some somehow was um, <laughs> Libertad really really attacked down the left hand down the right hand side of Universidad's defence because Matias Rodriguez who is in the Argentina squad there you go there's a link is a very kind of attacking minded fullback and was always up there and there was definitely room for Sivelli, who was another Argentine he used to play for Ipswich, switch to uh, attack down the left so because yeah it could be a, a similar kind of case with yeah really kind of focusing on that on that right flank or left as it is in Argentina as a weakness <laughs>
0: <laughs> there we go an uh, incisive tactical analysis worthy of former of pod guest Jonathan Wilson uh, uh, Niall McCloskey whose Twitter is Niall with two L's McCloskey underscore asks if Denis strakwell doesn't stay in Europe will Tigre look to sell him to a bigger club in Argentina or will they want him to stay um as I've already mentioned, Carlos Luna's almost definitely going back to Liga de Quito at the end of the season. Um, Strapulosi isn't owned by Tigre as such, um, but he's very likely to be going back there. And I would think if Luna does go back, then they're going to try and want, want to hang on to Strapulosi. Um, yeah, I would think so. He, he'd be a huge boost if they went down uh, to, to try to get up, it has to be so. Um, but also, obviously, if they stay up, I would think they'll they're going to have composite Americana to dangle in front of his nose if they manage to avoid the playoffs um, as a way of trying to, to entice him Yeah. remember they, they qualified on the 2011 long table if they manage to said, finish it off um, the playoff places yeah. then they will be allowed in um, which would be a, a lovely reward for them um, so it's tricky we'll, we'll have to see But whoever it is it's going to be uh, Struck-Wilussi's representatives rather than Tigre who make the decision unfortunately and um, Robbie, whose Twitter is Let Me Have It All and asked us about the African footballers last week uh, says, I usually dislike the commentators on Argentine football matches because they're loud and annoying How do Argentines view them? Um, I think the loud and annoying bit is well, the loud bit is less of an issue for Argentines because they're used to it anyway, but the annoying bit is certainly true because Argentines understand what they're saying and most of it's complete rubbish I think the thing that
1: really annoys people especially, um, I think since uh, the public TV took over with that football pad is that you see a lot of really, really stupid errors in the commentating kind of mm-hmm. mistaking players and throwing out random statistics that don't seem to have any <laughs> basis in reality. I think that rather than kinda of the loudness and and the kinda of hyperbole, which I think is pretty normal in yeah. Argentine and indeed South American football, you know, they'll four one and the team gets the consolation first goal and they'll yeah. still shout a oh. goal it's just normal yeah
0: And I think that the other thing is that at times they all seem as if each one seems as if he's trying to come up with his own catchphrase because when football, uh, football was, was on TSE Sports and Alejandro Fabri was commentating on this really famous catchphrase of senores y senoras. Um and it's as if now all of the Football Paratodos guys are trying to come up with their own one of those so that everybody will remember them in 20 years time and it just doesn't work they're, they're just sickeningly psychophantic and yeah anyway uh yeah, I don't
2: think so <laughs> No, no, not really. I think the most annoying of all is the Arufo mm-hmm. like the main football parator who, who I think he used to work for the the, the cable T V yeah. companies and then was sort of like I think he disappeared several years ago and nobody sort of knew why he left. <laughs> I guess he went Senile or something and but anyway, football parators called him up when they when they got the rights. And um yet yeah, he's a complete moron, basically. <laughs> he just starts I don't know, he starts insulting the uh, Titi Fernandez on the sideline who's, who's several loves um, or he just starts like cackling or like making like duck sounds and uh, yeah and he's the one that gets, worse than anybody gets gets players' names wrong I've mm-hmm. heard him call like Colón uh, get him Colón and Newell's always confused like
1: yeah.
2: when they weren't even like you know he thought uh, Colón was the, was the team when it was actually Newell's or something like
0: that both playing black and red shirts yeah really then, you know,
2: not not playing each other I mean like yeah so uh, yes uh, he's the worst of all and I think I guess when when I went to Football Predators they probably needed a lot of extra commentators because they had like
0: yeah they decided to essentially put one two man commentary team on for each team pretty, pretty much so all Boca games always depending on who's at home or away or who's the big club or whatever will always be commentated by two two guys yeah so um, River are always covered by Diego Chavo Fox. um <laughs> Who's uh, slightly annoyed the, the the movements against him on Twitter has taken up this hashtag of Fuera chavo or something like Get Out chavo and I thought if if people had had just a little bit of imagination, they could have used Fuck Off chavo, or, yeah. which would have been at least a little bit funnier. But anyway,
2: so Fuck Off, anyway.
0: yes. Um, so that's that one. People don't <laughs> like them. So you're getting that would
2: just
0: have
1: made no sense. No. no, it barely makes sense. <laughs>
0: we apologise but the, the, the short answer to the question is that Argentines also find them annoying and stupid for the most part uh, Luis Bessone um, asks whose Twitter is Granata asks ladies in event of a points tie at the top of the table um, what's the primary tiebreaker head to head record goal difference or the one off uh, partidaso Playoff, let's say, um, and the answer to that is the last one. The,
1: the one uh, yes.
0: Um, goal to goal difference. Is, sorry, goal difference is, is used to decide positions like in the middle of the table where they don't matter. But if there's any, if it's in the lower leagues, if it's a, a playoff um, or title decider or whatever, or in, in the um, Premier, if there's a, a tie on points to decide. Um, well, in, 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 on points average in the relegation table, or if there's a tie to decide continental qualification or the title or whatever, it goes to a, to a one-match single-legged playoff. Uh, the most memorable of those probably was when Tigray, San Lorenzo, and Boca had to play off about, what was that, three and a half years ago, 2008. Yeah. Um, and Boca ended up just pipping Tigray to the title after a, a one-round one round-robin. Um, and finally, Lisandro Berbis, whose Twitter is Lisi Berbis asks what's the average salary of a Primera division player uh, we've had Primera B players play in our A league who have totally dominated um, the short answer to that provided by Google and also a gentleman at Argentinos Juniors when I was there a few weeks ago um, which seemed to tie up is around about $100,000 US um, per year for a, a first division player um, you got exceptions like Riquelme who's, who was on a million dollar a year contract at Boca and obviously some of the Smaller clubs Even in the Primera Like all boys um, May not be able to Pay players as no, much They'd be Much, much less, less so, so be, assume, Yeah, yeah. Uh, And Recalming
2: yeah. being the, the highest paid player In the league On one, one point something Million Yeah But uh, like
0: a median Average of, of Primera players is Is around 100,000 Apparently Which is decent money It's not going to allow them to retire forever on, on the back of their footballing earnings as most in Europe can do and that's why so many get sold abroad uh, but they're certainly earning more than the average time whilst they do play <laughs> by some distance it
2: allows them um, to go out to the nightclubs and have a
0: have an apartment and in Puerto Madero and stuff yes, yes absolutely um, we've got a few minutes well we've actually recorded for nearly an hour and a half already uh, but we haven't yet mentioned or we, well we have mentioned thanks to the questions but Argentina Ecuador this Saturday which myself and Australian down in particular are looking forward to because we're going uh, we, we have a terrible job um, predictions English Dan's yawning at the very thought of it so <laughs> yes. let's, let's ask what he thinks is going to turn into a dull nil-nil draw uh,
1: our Reckon we're going to see a two-one win for Argentina. I think it's going to be very close. They've played together for a long time, and yeah, I think they should have just about enough to get past Ecuador, but not that much. Yeah, two-one is my my prediction. Also Yeah,
2: it's a bit hard to tell when they don't play for so long. Yeah. Our, yeah, I say
0: two-one. I'm going to be slightly more optimistic and say three-one. With, with at least one from Leonardo Messi, that's, that's because I want it, rather than because I really think it's going to happen, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting, we will of course come back next week and discuss how it was. Um, we're now going to do, I'm going to play in Mystic Dance theme music, uh, without further ado, because we've run way over recording time, and we're going to tell you exactly what's going to happen this coming weekend in the Primera División. No, hang on, we don't have to do that, do we? No. Oh they know, so, they haven't done it. so instead of that <laughs> instead of that we're gonna ask for Mystic Dum's predictions uh, for the, the World Cup qualifier which is already given and also for the Copa and Dina uh, or whatever that's that's coming up in the next week. <laughs>
1: <coughs> don't go anywhere.
0: Mystic Dan is now going to uh, predict just just a few because there are no league games this weekend of course a, a factor which we had completely forgotten about um, of the Copa Argentina games that are coming up. the first tomorrow Dan on Wednesday Boca versus Rosario Central Boca controversial um, the players could end up passing to each other they're going to be playing all in the same colours remember mm. uh, and then on Sunday we've got first of all a Classico River Plate against Racing Club, River, and then the other semi-final, which you're saying is definitely going to be Boca Juniors against Deportivo Merlo, Boca. So we're going to go for the Super Clasico final. This is a, a controversial um, yeah, yes. call. Nobody would have predicted that before the start of the Copa Argentina because absolutely nobody thinks that the whole thing's rigged to bring precisely that <coughs> final fixture about. Uh, English done. Are you nervous about the semi-final on Sunday?
1: I'm terrified. Absolutely terrified.
0: I'm more excited actually. I don't think that River have very much to lose being the second division side. Um, so I'm kind of you looking forward to it. If they lose
1: against Racing, everyone will just be, oh, no. No, no, of Have yeah, you not. met Argentine football fans before <laughs> No, no, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm talking about how I'm feeling about ah, it. I'm no, not sorry. talking about how I know everybody else is feeling about it. And River, from what we've read, are going to pro- possibly go for a, the same kind of semi reserve lineup and they've been fielding throughout as well, which could make, give Racing a bit more of a chance. Except that I'm kind of inclined to suspect that River are going to have the easier of the. Official uh, decisions and whatnot during oh the match. Oh, I know. I should slap myself
2: for saying. Have an extended episode of, while you explain why. So. Yeah. Uh, We've already extended a the episode quite considerably.
1: slander,
0: And course. I suspect that most of our listeners are intelligent enough to to get their heads around uh, what I'm suggesting or implying. Um, for now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave you uh, after apologising profusely for how long this podcast has been. Mm. Um, Sorry, sir. let's say goodbye first of all, Dan Edwards. Goodbye. Goodbye, Daniel Colasimone. Bye bye. And goodbye from me, Sam Kelly. Goodbye. <laughs>